This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, May 2nd, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. The Syrian government has perhaps crossed a red line set by the Obama administration, the use of chemical weapons. But why are chemical weapons such a line? They're not typically weapons of mass destruction. John Mueller, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute and co-author of Terror, Security, and Money, offers his thoughts. Why does it matter that the issue here is chemical weapons rather than uh, bullets or some other, uh, like mortars or something like that? Yeah, well, it really shouldn't. Of course, we've gone to war over it's more or less chemical weapons in 2003, so the history has a distinct problem there. Um, the uh, starting World War One, when the chemical weapons were used a lot, uh, they they tended to start become differentiated from other weapons. Uh, even though chemical weapons actually were more humane in the sense that if you were wounded by gas, there's a very good chance you'd survive. Only about two or three percent died, whereas if you're wounded by bullet or shrapnel, it's more like twenty-five percent. Um, but the, you died in a somewhat horrible way in a lot of ways. So it picked up this onus, and of course has now been banned in various ways. Um, the problem is, in particular, tying it in as a weapon of mass destruction. Almost everybody who's written about chemical weapons tends to suggest that, well, they can't really kill massively. Um, the, uh, uh, in, in World War I, they, consist, they, they counted for less than, well less than 1% of the total deaths, battle deaths. So they created a lot of casualties that made people sick, but they wouldn't be killed. They'd be out of action for a few days and then come back. Um, and in order for a chemical weapon to really kill a fairly large number of people, they would have to be used, you have to use a lot of them. Uh, in the case of a nuclear weapon, one nuclear weapon can kill massively, but a, uh, one chemical weapon can't. You'd have to, for example, to, uh, to um, one study has demonstrated that in order to kill more people uh, than you could kill with conventional weapons, you'd have to deliver um, a, a full ton of gas uh, in perfectly ideal weather conditions, at that point you might have killed more people than you could kill comparably with conventional weapons. So the point is that obviously if you have bullets, you can kill lots of people with them, but they're not weapons of mass destruction because one bullet won't kill masses of people, nor will one uh, 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 chemical weapon. In World War One, in fact, it took about, on average, it took about one ton of gas to kill one person. Now, so so why is this such a big deal that uh, that we have some evidence that Syria has used chemical weapons? Well, because Obama made it one. He made, made this red line, this suggested at least, uh, that serious consequences would happen if they stepped over the line. I assume he was trying to deter Assad and the regime and anybody else in the neighborhood, uh, but mainly Assad, uh, from using them, and that uh, may have failed. Uh, at any rate, now that if there's evidence that's convincing that the chemical weapons have been used, and of course, if they were used by the Assad regime as opposed to by the rebels, then in principle, he's already committed himself to doing something really serious. Um, and he clearly does not want to do anything like sending troops in or anything like that. But the pressures will mount partly because he got himself in this trap. Right. And, and this this line, red line, seems to be something that so far at least uh, – we don't know what those consequences are. Yes, that's right. So he can, and he's, and he's does seem to be waffling in various ways, and uh, his body language certainly suggests he really doesn't want to get in, deeply involved in this war. Um, and he, and he's right from the standpoint, certainly, of public opinion. Um, the the <clears throat> foreign affairs piece actually had two parts. One was the uh, issue about the chemical weapons. The other sort of 
the idea of Americans intervening in humanitarian ventures. And consistently, pretty much, the um, uh, American people and general public opinion and general uh, uh, political opinion has been losing lives, American lives, for humanitarian purposes is not a starter, is a non-starter big time. And so consequently, the war in Syria, insofar as people are even paying much attention to, and many of the polls indicate that no, a lot of people never are not paying any attention at all in the United States. Uh, that the Syrian situation is be humanitarian, not particularly one that would be good for American national interests particularly. And that was typical going way back and certainly including in the 1990s. You know, should we go in to help the Somalis? Well, yeah, we're glad to help them as long as we don't have to lose any troops. Uh, should we help in Haiti? Well, yeah, the same thing and so forth. It's not, or the way it's put in polls, you know, anything we can do in Haiti, uh, do you agree or disagree? Anything we can do in Haiti is not the, worth the loss of a single American life. And you get 60% of the people agreeing with that very strong statement. Yeah, a single life. And so that's been basically the policy, I think, the effect since, since the end of the Cold War at least. Uh, uh, except that there's been something of a distortion because of the two 9-11 wars. And both the Iraq War and the war in Afghanistan, of course, were not seen to be humanitarian ventures, but actually going after the guys who got us, uh, uh, correctly or incorrectly. That's the way we were seen. So they should seen as being be seen as basically aberrations. It seems to me, uh, if the Japanese attack Pearl Harbor again or 9/11, another 9/11 happens, I think American public opinion would be strongly for going after the guys who did it, uh, even at the cost of considerable American lives. Uh, but not for you know, things that they see basically as humanitarian. Regarding the politics of whether or not chemical weapons cross some sort of line, uh, do you have insights into when the United States became aware or were we t totally aware the whole time that Saddam Hussein, someone that the United States was friendly with for many years, was using chemical weapons in the late 70s and early 80s. Yeah, he was, he was using them extensively in the, in the 80s in the war in, in, against Iran, uh, that he started against Iran. Uh, the United States decided uh, that uh, didn't didn't like Saddam Hussein all that much, but it didn't like Iran even more so. So it strongly tilted towards Saddam Hussein. And when he used chemical weapons, there was scarcely a view of outrage coming from the United States. Or for that matter, <clears throat> in 1980, when he actually invaded uh, Iran, a case of naked aggression, uh, there was hardly much of, uh, of an outcry over that either in, in official opinion. And that's just because the enemy of our enemy, of our enemy is our friend. Yeah, and uh, even though Saddam Hussein was not exactly a, a chummy friend in a, in a direct sense, and it, it was just basically the hostility toward Iran, which has lasted since the hostage crisis of 79 to 81, uh, and is still very much there. You said that polling data had indicated for these humanitarian adventures that uh, most Americans would not be supportive of, in, of them if they were to cost even a single American life. And it seems like a half measure uh, would be to arm people that the United States seems to believe are on the good side. Yeah, that, the, the, the practical difficulties of all that are really uh, tremendous. And uh, one of the things, it seems to me new to me, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but the military is saying things like, if we intervene in, in any sense, sending arms or boots on the ground or whatever, how do we know we, we won't be doing more harm than good? And that's really, that's a very realistic and intelligent thing to talk about. But usually the military has been sort of, had this sort of can-do idea. So that, that seems somewhat new to me. 
The issue overall, however, is you've got a rebellion uh, against you know a guy who you really would like to get rid of, such as Assad, and I certainly would be very happy to see him go. Um, if you start to sort of root for the rebels, and then you have red lines about you know maybe we'll the suggestion always is we'll come in and we'll we'll solve the problem. Uh, to a degree, what Obama effectively is saying, we can't help you because none of you have been gassed. If you if some of you do get gassed, then we'll be in there with guns blazing. Now, I don't think that's true, and I think that we should think very carefully about encouraging people to go into armed rebellion against a leader uh, with the implication that we will come and save them or help them, when essentially we're almost certainly not going to do that. Uh, it's really immoral in the sense of leading these guys on. It also has the effect of them trying to manipulate us. So, for example, in the Bosnian War, the United States was very heavily tilted toward the Muslims, and the Muslims had every incentive to exaggerate and exacerbate the suffering they were in, under. And in many cases, that meant essentially imprisoning Muslims. A lot of Muslims wanted to get the hell out of there to Europe and other places, and the Muslim regime was keeping them sort of entrapped. I mean, they weren't in prison or anything, but they couldn't get out. Um, and so, um, uh, so there's a, t- a tendency, basically, of the, the country uh, wanting to play to what seems to be a desire to come in, even though the desire – and try to trigger that. Uh, and uh, but then basically not uh, – basically it isn't there. So what you're seeing now is the lead, so-called leader, such as it is, of the rebels uh, is now saying, well, you said you – know, he's explicitly saying this. You know, you said about the red line, they cross the red line, those chemical weapons are all over the place, et cetera, et cetera, with a strong implication that he expects America to really be contributing in a big time. Not necessarily troops, but he certainly wants a lot more help. And if the help is not going to be there, you're basically leading people into a death trap. Uh, and just sort of leaving them hanging. And I think that issue, that danger, should be considered very carefully by policymakers. John Mueller is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.